0: Let's start this one with a word of prayer from Psalm 139. The psalmist says, Search me. Search me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life in Jesus name we pray amen and amen well welcome this is part three of our series toxic we said three weeks ago it's time to do a clean out it's time to recognize it's time to remove those things those those toxic things that have crept into our lives and so this one is for you in fact Turn to the person next to you and say, this one is for you. If you're on chat tonight, write in the chat, this one is for you. As you do that, I'm going to be back in a moment. Have you heard? Have you heard the secret? Everybody's, everybody's talking about it. You are not going to believe what I know. (laughs) You have to promise something though. You can't tell anybody. I think I figured out what that person's going through. Whispered words, whispered words, you and I, (laughs) <laughs> have been on both sides, I'm sure. You see, you look back to the first evil in the Garden of Eden when the serp- the serpent misquoted God and twisted what he had to say. This is what gossip does. Gossip is quickly told, it's quickly heard, it's quickly spread, but worst of all, it's quickly believed. It's destroyed more people. It's dis- it's tarnished more reputations. It's broken more friendships. It's split more churches than any other sin. And of course today, thanks to technology, we have it down to a fine art, don't we? Of course there are more ways to spread this poison Than any other time in history, thanks to our phones, thanks to email, thanks to SMS, thanks to social media. And just like a wildfire, when things get rolling, it becomes very difficult to stop. And just like a wildfire, it takes on a life on its own. Which brings me to the story of a pastor, a church pastor, who was. Dealing with an individual in the life of his congregation who was involved in gossip. And he finally said to this person, after doing everything possible, he said, Come with me. He took him to to the top of a tall building, that opened the window in this particular room, and ripped open a feather pillow. Have you ever seen a feather pillow? and they dumped all the feathers out onto the street below. And he told this person to go out and gather up all the feathers that I've just tipped out. And of course, that's an absolute impossible task, but it was to illustrate that sometimes when words are spoken, the damage and hurt is already done. So, tonight, we're going to define what gossip is, and then we're going to discuss what God's Word, the Holy Word of God, the Bible, the living Scriptures, teach us about what gossip is. First of all, let's define this. Simply stated, gossip is the sharing of someone's private information that may or may not be true, in a way that spreads the information. One more time. Gossip is the sharing of someone's private information that may or may not be true in a way that spreads the information. If you look up the original Greek word, it's hard to pronounce, by the way, so I'm not going to do that tonight. It literally means whisper. That's what it means. Gossip means whisper. Let's open the word right here, right now. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 to 19, it says, there are six things the Lord hates. This is is pretty full on. Seven that are detestable to him. And here we go. Ready? Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. In this very short yet significant list, God despises a false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict In the communion. I don't know about you, but this ought to make us sit up. It ought to make us have that fear of God just roll over our lives again and again because before we ever speak a bad word about someone else, we've got to understand this, don't we? And we're all in this together that God cannot stand gossiping. So we've got to ask the question, why? Why does this make make it to the short list of what God hates? A couple of possible reasons, I think, and maybe speaking from the heart of a father, I'm a father of two teenage children, Um, You can gossip about me, and I can tolerate it. Yet you gossip about my children, that fires me up. (laughs) Come back. You see, every time we talk about someone else in a negative light, who are we talking about? We're talking about the Father and His children. We are talking about one of God's children, and it can become so toxic in our lives. That's the first possible reason, all right? Second possible reason that it's a reflection of the darkness and sinfulness of the human heart. It's a reflection of the darkness and sinfulness of the human heart. See, the problem isn't here. The problem isn't with the mouth. It's our broken and sin-stained heart. That dark thread that weaves throughout humanity since our disobedience to our heavenly Father. Luke six forty-five. Jesus says this, that a good man, everyone say good man? A good man brings good things, everyone say good things? Good things, a good man brings good things out of the what the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. This is Jesus. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What does it do? The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so what Jesus is saying is here is that our words reveal what's in our hearts. It's not the mouth but the mouth speaks what is in our hearts. The children's song, be careful little eyes what you see. What you see, yeah? Remember, I don't know if you remember that song. I sang this when I was a a child. Be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful little tongue what you say for the Father up above, come on, sing it with me, is looking down in love. You do know this song, very good. So be careful little eyes what you see. Very good. Very good. And so it's, it's pretty simple, isn't it? You know, look, when we feel, I'll never forget those words as a young person. Never forget those words. Be careful. Be careful. And, of course, growing up, what are you talking about? Be, you know, and, of course, wow. But when we fill our hearts with the Word of God, and we talk here at Door of Hope, Daily Hope, 20 minutes in the chair, that we'd give Him that, 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 that's, that soul time, that opportunity to, to sit with Him and be still and to know. That he is good and that he is God. Daily hope, 20 minutes in the chair. That we would have time as his children with him, that we fill our hearts with his word and we fill our hearts with that which is good because that's the overflow that will come from us. And you've got to think what are the things that go through our eyes into our hearts? Of course, movies. Some of the first things, and as a general in our household, we will not watch movies that are M.A. That's just a personal decision we've made. I have watched those kind of movies over time, and every time, every time I sit there and watch an M.A. movie, uh, for me, I'm just speaking personally, by the way, um, it just does something within me um, that just puts me off. Um, it just I mean, those kind of movies just go a little bit further than the M's. Um, you know, it's the language thing and the sexual, you know, all that kind of stuff that happens in those kind of movies. And, of course, you've got movies, you've got TV, um, you've got um, all things that are online, of course, pouring through our, be careful, little eyes, what you see that goes into our hearts and becomes that force that drives our behavior. What did Jesus say? He says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of, and we just decided as a family we're just not going to go there uh, with, that, what's, with our viewing and things like that on, on our TV screens because it just affects us. It just affects us and it takes us to places that we just don't need to go. Uh, that's a personal decision we've made. Proverbs also warns us, by the way, of the corrupting effect of gossip. Chapter 18, verse 8, Proverbs, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. Once again, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. You see what what what, what the writer is saying here, King Solomon, is when we listen to gossip, it goes down to the innermost parts of who we are. He's saying it sinks its teeth into our hearts, into our souls, and into our minds. And that's when things can so quickly become so toxic in our lives. And that's why, that is why talk shows and magazines and newspapers and online and articles become so popular and so toxic in our lives. Why? Because it intrigues us, doesn't it? Come on, let's be honest. It intrigues us. We want to know more. Entertainment Tonight, you know those kind of shows, right? We want to know more. We want to find out a little bit more about their private lives. We have this perverse attraction to find out more, that disgusting enjoyment. And it becomes negative, just like watching those MA movies. But as followers of Jesus, we believe that God is calling us to a higher calling, to a higher standard uh, than the culture in which we live and to live according to his word. And that's when the world looks in on our lives and sees something so um, uh, uh, fresh and beautiful and heavenly and Christ-honoring. Finish this children's rhyme with me just for a moment, if you could. Sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me. Do you believe that? Really? I mean, do you really believe that? You see, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will give me permanent psychological damage. (laughs) I imagine sometimes I probably prefer a stick to be hit by a stick than some of the words that are spoken. Why? Because it's physical versus emotional, isn't it? You know, a um, uh, physical pain you can kind of get over, and <laughs> no, I don't want to be hit by a stick. But it's, it's that it's that emotional pain, isn't it? It's that emotional pain that that sticks with us, and if we can't forgive, we can't forget, and we take that in. But let's get let's let's get, come on, let's get to the bottom line of this. Let's get to the bottom of this. What's the motive? behind this. I'm going to call it a sin because it is. Uh, what's the motive behind this sin? Let's put it up on the screen. It's this. Oh, sorry. I may not have had it. <laughs> I thought I had that. Sorry, my bad. The computer operator is doing a mighty job there tonight, and that was my fault. The, the bottom, let's get to the bottom of this motive, and it's this. <clears throat> it's insecurity It's insecurity. And, of course, there are a number of words you could add to that. Jealousy, fear, belonging, hurt, low self-esteem, self-worth. It makes me feel better about myself. You see, if I can talk about somebody else's lack of fashion sense, if I can talk about somebody else's problems on social media, uh, messenger, SMS, if I can talk about somebody else's addiction, if I can talk about somebody else's pornography problem, if I can talk about somebody else's bad relationship or bad marriage, then I don't have to talk about mine. And if I can just push somebody down, I can step right over them to make myself feel a little better about my insecurity (laughs) oh we found the word we found the word bring that bring that word up sorry we did have it sorry i thought yeah there we go fantastic there it is (laughs) we all have a little bit right come on we all have a little bit of this and um if you remember one thing from tonight can you remember this let's go to the next slide please if that's there yeah Gossip claims, have we got that bit? Here we go. Gossip claims, I am strong because they are weak. But the gospel proclaims, I am weak, but he is strong. If you remember anything tonight, please remember that. Once again, the, the gossip claims that I am strong because they are weak, but the gospel proclaims, I am weak. But he is strong. (laughs) We're all in this together, right? So how? How do we overcome this sin? In the form of three questions tonight, and I'm done. The first question is this. Is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus and he was encouraging them how to live out the ways of Christ, how to live out the Christian life and he says do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is, say this word with me, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Is my conversation helpful or is it hurtful. Finish this phrase with me. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. That's the way I was kind of brought up, and I'm glad some of you know that tonight, because everything that is said must be true. But not everything that is true must be said. Just leave that slide on up there just for a moment if you could, because that takes a little bit of time to think about, doesn't it? You see, everything that is said must be true, but not everything that is true must be said must be said. Gossip does a number of things, doesn't it? It hurts so many people, the person who's speaking it, the person on the receiving end, the person who it's about. But gossip, the Bible teaches us, separates friends. And Proverbs chapter 16, 27 to 28 says, Scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. And you and I know in a matter of seconds, gossip can ruin a friendship that took years to build. And soon people are picking sides and it becomes that lifetime of deep hurt. The question is, is my conversation helpful? Or is it hurtful? Let's go to the next question. Let's ask ourselves some questions here tonight. Am I making private matters public? Am I making private matters public? Proverbs chapter 11, 12 to 13 says, It is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Don't you just love that kind of person? Those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. So am I making private matters public? We take out our phones, we read a text or something on Messenger, we press copy and paste from somebody and we send it to somebody else, which is also a form, right? It's a form of gossip, taking something that was meant to be private and making it public. Not everything, I realize, not everything, but you and I know, you and I know, I think we know. Now, of course, there are a couple of reasons, or a number of reasons why we don't, we don't want to be a part of gossip. I think, first of all, to protect others, to protect myself, but also, uh, mention the word reputation there, I'm going to say that, it's to protect others. My, your, our reputation. Why? Scripture says that I'm a trustworthy person. I'm a trustworthy person who can keep a confidence. They're the type of people, they're the kind of people I believe God wants us to be. Proverbs 25, 9 to 10. When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip and you will never regain your good reputation. Reputation. Built up over a number of years, gone within seconds. Is my conversation helpful or is it hurtful? Am I taking private matters and making them public? And number three, the third question we're asking here tonight, is am I permitting others to gossip? Am I permitting others to gossip? Proverbs 17 verse 4, wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. Gossip and slander within Scripture... Uh, are very close sisters. And so wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. Or in fact, you could actually just say, if you listen to gossip, you're wrong. You are wrong. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Not only is it wrong that you speak the gossip, but you're also wrong if you listen to the gossip. Why? Because what you actually permit, you promote. If you listen to it, you're actually promoting it. And if you are listening to it, you're participating in it. What you permit, you promote. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. If you're going to allow someone to run down a friend or a family member, if you are promoting what they're saying, you are promoting simply by your inaction. It's wrong to listen to gossip to gossip. Proverbs chapter 20 verses 19 it says, a gossip betrays a confidence so avoid anyone who talks too much. A a gossip betrays a confidence so avoid anyone who talks too much. From a very practical standpoint, those who, if, if, if they will gossip to you, guess what? They will gossip about you, from a very practical standpoint. So, I want to be very clear in terms of, well, well, what's not gossip then? What doesn't make it gossip? Before we we have a look at the antidote, right? So what doesn't make it gossip? Just a couple of quick things. When you need help doing the right thing and you're seeking wisdom and guidance and things like that, maybe a mentor speaks in your that's not gossip, of course. When there is um, any kind of abuse, that is not gossip. When someone's safety or as life is at stake, that is not gossip. When you are afraid, that is not gossip. When you need counsel or you need prayer, and by the way, you might need that tonight. You've come to the right place. And we have a team who are online who'd love to pray with and for you. And feel free to reach out. We are that kind of people here if you'd like to reach out and say, I need prayer. And so let's talk about the remedy here. What's the antidote to gossip? Proverbs 17, 9 says this, love. Love, pretty simple, love. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. It's a sign of Christian maturity, isn't it? To go talk to the person that's offended you and to that person alone. You can stop, there's been a lot of research, by the way, into this, and in fact, you can actually stop gossip with one question, and it's this, do you wanna know? It's this, Um, why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me this? What that question actually does is it causes the person to ask, "Hmm, why, why am I asking this? so you have to put it back to them. It sounds like you've been hurt. Maybe you need to go and speak to that person. And so ask them plainly, is that something we should be talking about? Is that really something we should be talking about? Now, I realize that seems a little bit harsh, maybe for some of us, maybe a little bit of a softer approach about asking a different question. Have you had a chance to talk to such and such about this? Have you had a chance to talk to that person about this? I think that's probably the best advice. Case closed, move on. So, where does this amazing question come from? <laughs> Jesus! It comes from Jesus, Matthew chapter 18. The context, by the way, before we read it, is this. We're talking about conflict between two believers who go privately and speak to, you know, person to person that you may have that problem with, and they may listen and confess, and you may win them back. And so when you ask the question, have you had a chance, have you had a chance to talk to this person about this? You're actually helping them do what Jesus tells them to do. Let's have a read at this passage. This is Jesus. Matthew chapter 18, 15 to 17. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault, just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, Tell it to the church, and if they refuse to listen, even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Now, they're pretty strong words from Jesus. Um, it's amazing, these principles that we talk about in church, how transferable they are in the workplace at uni at college school wherever that might be it's incredible how these biblical principles still and can very much work in the world not just the church even though that was very much directed uh, from believer to believer as Jesus instructed now of course most of the time this kind of diffuses the situation and, and people repent and let's not forget let's not forget church that we're a family right We're a family, just like you may belong to a family. You experience your ups and downs, just like in a church family. We can't forget we're a family, and we also experience our ups and downs. Finally, finally, we need to pray. We need to pray. Psalm 141 verse 3 says, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Personally speaking, just for a moment, if I could, in my own strength, I would never accomplish the things that Scripture asked me to do. But when I prayerfully find that place and I talk to Him and ask the Holy Spirit to give me strength to do what Scripture asks of me to do, there's power. There's power in prayer. We need to pray, we need to pray, and I want to pray for you just in a moment. But to summarize, can I just summarize just a little bit what we've been talking about? I probably summarize it like this. Your words matter. The words you speak are incredibly important and powerful. Jesus said it this way. In Matthew chapter 12, 36 to 37. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account, to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. By the way, for some of you, that's going to be a long meeting. For by your words, you will be acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned. Acquitted? condemned. Can I summarize what Jesus is telling us here? Your words matter. Your words really, really matter. And I think that we need to be people who maybe speak less, listen more, and repent lots. <laughs> i would mean, first put my hand up. Let me finish off by saying this. If our words really matter, scriptures teach us that our words have the power of life and death. And I don't know about you, I want to speak well of others, I want to say things that are helpful and never hurtful i want to believe the best for other people and never assume the worst i want to be that person that's on the solution side in building them up never a part of the problem in tearing them down i want to be that person who's full of love who's full of grace who's full of forgiveness lifting them up in prayer and always always believing the best for their life i want to be that person who is helpful who is kind who is encouraging and full of blessing because my words i know are very powerful and important rather than being a carrier of negative news and of gossip and those kind of things i want to be a vessel that carries the good news and shares the truth and grace of what only god can do in the lives of those around us. Yes, your words are powerful. They have the potential to bring life and death. Yet God calls us, I believe, to a higher standard. The reason we gossip is found in this statement. Gossip claims that I am strong because they are weak. But the gospel proclaims that I am weak he, he is strong in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us as we as we reflect on this. It's a pretty full-on subject that, as I said, we've been on both sides. I would love to pray for you as we get our hearts prepared to, to sing to our God again. And the first thing I'd really like to pray for us is that the word's Of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, Heavenly Father, O Lord, O Lord my God. May our words be full of life, may our words be full of encouragement. Lord, help us to stay in our lane. And help us to lift others up. Help us to encourage them. May our words ultimately reflect your heart, we pray, Heavenly Father. May we never sink so low to participate in something that would hurt others. But help us to believe the best and to never assume the worst. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you've done something that no one else could do. You've brought us back to you. Father, we thank you that you stepped out of heaven and you came in the form of your son, Jesus. You showed us how to live. You showed us how to love. You showed us how to forgive. Father, we thank you that Jesus our Lord and our Saviour came and died upon the cross and and rose again that anyone, the Bible teaches teaches us, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And by faith tonight, those who are live streaming, those who are participating in our online service here tonight, as you stream in here tonight, this may be your prayer and that we've been praying for you that by faith, I give my life to you, completely to you. Would you forgive me of my sins? Forgive me of my gossip. Make me new, I pray. Make me new. Be my Lord. Be the Savior of my life. Thank you for new life. For now, you have mine. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.